Welcome to the Shit Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Broder. Are you ready to shoot the shit? Welcome back to the Shit Talk Podcast. I'm Liz Broder. I hope everyone had a lovely Thanksgiving. I'm excited for today's topic. I have to say I had that brutal wake-up call this past week. It comes every fall when the weather finally turns and it lets you know summer is over, winter is coming. It's cold, it's gray, it's frigid, it's not what I want, it interferes directly with my current routines, which in this case I'm referring to my daily walks on the West Side Highway. No matter how many trips I have planned to Miami or the Breakers, you can't escape this impending doom that is winter. It's terrible. Today, we're going to make winter our bitch. Before we do that, how does the cold impact your activity, you may ask? If anyone who doesn't understand there's a correlation between the cold and your activity, I would say bravo. I want to know what you're doing. But for most of us, there is some sort of decline. So there are statistics from 2019 from Strava, which is a running and biking community. It's actually kind of interesting. I don't know if anyone's familiar with it. It's a sports community with over 100 million athletes from 195 countries. They consider themselves the largest sports community in the world. So I like to think these stats are generalizable to an extent because they are polling from a very large pool of participants. They're in different climates, terrains, etc. So they reported that during a polar vortex... In January 2019, it happened in the Midwest and the Northeast. There was a 77% decrease in the total number of runs and a 59% decrease in the total number of bike rides versus the normal numbers during this polar vortex in the Midwest. And in the Northeast, there was a 50% decrease in runs and a 53% decrease in the bike rides during this polar vortex. So my point is, clearly the cold impacts our motivation, our desire to get outside, our desire to do our workout. So those stats in mind, how do I continue what I've been doing all summer and all fall throughout the winter? How do I not allow winter to fuck my shit up? Because this happens to me year after year. I get into such a great routine. I'm wearing my bike shorts. I'm walking around. I'm thriving. It's like A plus Liz. This is like what I live for, the good weather, all of it. Winter comes around and all of a sudden, hard stop. Not a good hard stop. So I'm going to break down some steps for success on how to stay motivated in the cold. And I've got to say, it's all about those dopamine levels. But okay, so here's a few things. Number one, set realistic goals. Write down your main goal. Where do you want to be come Memorial Day weekend? For us New Yorkers, Summer is Memorial Day weekend through Labor Day. We're all about summer. So right now I'm going to use Memorial Day weekend as our end game. That's the beacon of hope as we beast through this winter. But of course, when you're setting your goals, pick whatever date you have in mind. Right now I'm going to talk about getting through winter, getting to summer. So ask yourself, and I'm sorry, people, but you've got to be fucking honest. Like lying gets you nowhere. People love to lie to themselves and then they don't reach their goals. They're like, oh my God, how did that not happen? I'm shocked. It's like, well, why you picked a completely unrealistic goal that makes no sense. You're not going to be in the Olympics next year. Like, that was a crazy ass goal. So, don't lie to yourself. Pick a realistic goal and figure out what needs to happen between now and Memorial Day weekend to reach that goal. Break down into smaller goals between now and Memorial Day weekend. I like having milestone goals, like milestone dates and trips are really helpful and I'll get into that in a second. 
But I also really want to mention the importance of the small weekly goals. And here's why. The act of setting a goal actually triggers the release of dopamine and motivates you to be productive, make moves, and pursue that goal. For those of you who don't know, dopamine is a neurotransmitter, and it helps regulate our motivation, our pleasure, and reward center of the brain. It's known for, like, the reward center of the brain. That's oftentimes the sentence that it's it's somehow strung along with reward center, pleasure center of the brain. It also helps regulate motivation. So feeling good after an achievement is due to an increase in dopamine. So setting a goal actually helps trigger these feelings, which is interesting. A 2019 study published in a journal called Nature actually reported that dopamine spikes when we set the goal, and it also spikes when we're close to achieving that goal. And the bigger the reward, the more powerful the spike in dopamine. So it's easy to see how dopamine plays an imperative role in how our brain experiences achieving a goal. Here's where we run into the issues. I don't know about you. I can't sit here and say everyone. I'm going to speak for myself. Here's where I run into the issues. Dopamine is less active and less present during the actual action phase. So when you're actually pursuing the goal, this is when people, many people, lose motivation midway. They don't finish strong. They throw in the towel. For example, right now, we're talking about the cold winter months. It's easy to throw in that towel. This is because dopamine is less active, which is why I'm encouraging, excuse me, it's less active in this actual action phase. And that's why I'm encouraging you to set small goals every week and look at it as if you're scheduling your weekly doses of dopamine. So two doses a week. Dose number one at the start of the week, we'll say Sunday. This is when you set the goal. As I said previously, you actually get a surge of dopamine when you set a goal, which is why this is such a great way to get dose number one. And then dose number two, at the end of the week, say Saturday, when you reach that goal. So this twice weekly dopamine hit will support you in keeping your actual motivation up, which is literally the hardest part, especially in winter. So if I need to rephrase this so it makes more sense to people. We're looking to get two doses of dopamine once at the start of week, at the start of the week when you set the goal, and once at the end of the week when you reach the goal. Dopamine is what helps with motivation and pleasure. This is what's going to actually help keep you motivated, which is why I think small weekly goals is going to keep you on track and motivated to not throw in the towel and to stick it out through the winter. So in other words, stop looking at the drastic work and go week by week. It's not helpful to say, I'm going to work out five times a week this winter, or I'm going to lose 20 pounds by Memorial Day weekend. These are drastic. They're daunting. They're oftentimes unrealistic, if we're not being honest with ourselves. And focusing on them is not usually productive, which is, again, why I'm saying break it down to these small goals, focus on the small goals, get those two dopamine doses per week, which keeps the motivation, which keeps you going. So the toughest part here for people is usually this mindset shift. And I understand it. It's a challenge to look at small weekly goals because I have a lot of people will set goals and they say, okay, Liz, you're telling me I'm supposed to get excited if I lose one pound next week. And I'm here to say, yes, you are. Because if you lose one pound per week between now, it's the end of November, between now and Memorial Day weekend, that's around 25, 26 weeks, you're looking at a 25, 26 pound weight loss. I'm sorry, that's a lot. And again, your goal may not be weight loss and many people may not need to lose that much weight. But my point is breaking it down like that, if you go one pound per week versus, okay, I need to lose 25 pounds, you're going to have a lot more success with the one 
by one by one rather than just looking at the big number, not really knowing how you're getting there and scrambling around. So that's what looking at the one pound per week rather than focusing on the big one actually reframes these goals in your brain to support the dopamine releases that support the continued motivation between now and summer. Because every time you set that goal at the beginning of the week and every time you reach that goal, you get the dopamine. So now, that said, I recommend having a few smaller milestone date goals laid out. I'm a calendar, organizational, laid out person. I like everything laid out with my gel pen, organized, looking pretty. You don't have to use gel pens, but it does make it fun. So put your weekly goals, set your weekly goals out. Around those weekly goals, have these smaller date milestone goals in mind. And I'm going to lay them out for you right now. So you have your, your starting point. Big end goal is Memorial Day weekend. You're going to have these milestone goals and you're going to have weekly goals set in between these smaller milestone goals to get you to them. So right now we're starting at the end of November. Four weeks from now is around Christmas, December 25th. That's a great milestone goal, that date. Next one I recommend is MLK weekend. It's around mid-January. That's around three to four weeks after Christmas. Goal number two. For goal number three, President's Day weekend. February 20th, it's around five weeks after MLK, so it's a little more than a month, but it gives you something to focus on, a bigger goal in mind. After that, I usually say focus on the spring ahead or like the spring equinox, which is March 12th. That's again, like around three to four weeks after President's Day weekend. From there, around four weeks later, April 7th is Good Friday. It's that Passover Easter time. And then once you get there, we're about seven weeks out from Memorial Day weekend. So if you want to go the seven weeks without another one, fine. If not, I say pick Cinco de Mayo or Mother's Day, something earlier in May. So that breaks it down to around five to six milestone goals. And in between those dates, you're working on these week by week by week smaller goals. And every time you hit those goals, there's dopamine. Every time you set those goals, there's dopamine. And then it, you're going to get even more once you hit these smaller milestone ones. And then the most, obviously, well, usually... When you get to that final goal, Memorial Day weekend. And please keep in mind, these goals can be whatever you want. It can be weight related. If you have, a, And then you'll have a weekly loss goal. It can be about maintaining activity. So you have a weekly number of workouts. Like I want to get to, I want to have three walks a week through the winter. I want to have five berries, five yoga classes, whatever it is. It can be anything you're trying to maintain that you feel needs added support in the wintertime. And something that often falls to the wayside due to the shorter days, it's dark early, it's cold, things that, you know, you eventually lose motivation for in the cold. And that makes sense. Again, anything you want, I find with people in general, it tends to be something exercise movement related, getting yourself outside, getting to a class. It's easier to stay inside. It's cold. It's dark. So that's why I keep harping on that. But again, this can be anything you're interested in focusing on and anything that you feel needs that extra support of continued motivation. And of course, some minor shit talk, piggybacking off of episode one. To reiterate for the 90th time, not that they have to be workout or weight related, but we do know the importance of movement for regularity and supporting the digestive tract for optimal function. So the consistent movement that you'll be doing on a weekly basis is supporting regular bowel movements and consistency, whereas a sedentary lifestyle that we often experience in winter, and just so you know, there's a name for that, seasonal constipation, that lack of movement in winter, pay attention. If you have a month in the winter that's really off and you fall off, let's talk about your bowel movements. I bet there's less of them because that lack of movement 
leads to that seasonal constipation. So less shit talk today than last week, but it's certainly not less important than what I talked about last week. Avoid that seasonal constipation, stay consistent, keep moving. Okay, on to tip number two for making winter your bitch. Planning ahead. Of course, this goes along with what I just talked about. Plan out the goals. But what I'm talking about is plan your movement for the week, whether it be indoor or outdoor, based on the weather for that week. So sit down Sunday. You're going to get that first dose of dopamine because you're setting the goal for that week. Then look at the weather and plan your workout based on that. So if you know it's supposed to snow Monday and Tuesday, you know you're probably not going to be out walking on the West Side Highway Monday and Tuesday. So make sure you either have some backup plan indoors or make sure you know the end of the week, I'm banking on these three days. They're going to be nicer. I'm getting myself outside. It sounds silly, but I think taking the extra time to actually look at the weather, look at your schedule, and see which days are going to make you, are going to be the most motivating for you to actually get outside and feel the best, it actually does make a difference rather than just sort of like going day to day. It's like, yeah, you play play by ear, go day to day. It's easy to get to Friday. It's like, well, didn't do anything this week. Yeah, no shit. So look at it Sunday when you get that first surge of dopamine, lots of motivation, which days that week are going to work for you. How's the weather going to impact it? What's your social calendar? And schedule those workouts. And then there's no excuses because it's in your calendar. Tip number three, track your mood and how it correlates with your activity. This is one of my favorite things. I love this. So I find it really motivating once you actually see the data and the correlation between how you feel and your wellness routines. If you're already familiar with this and you've done that, great. You're ahead of the game. If you haven't done it, what have you been doing? I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, but obviously, I, I recommend it. It is really helpful. It's interesting to track things like your bowel movements, your sleep, your energy, anything of interest to you. But print out a calendar, get those gel pens. You know I'm using mine. Mark down on your calendar the milestone dates, the weekly dates. And then I encourage you to write down how you feel, the mood, the energy, your sleep, even your menstrual cycle, if that's something that is relevant for you. How are these impacted? as you go through the month and as you're active or not active. And it really helps you pinpoint patterns. And I found it's easy to read stats. It's easy to read a book, whatever. When you're actually experiencing it for yourself and you're like, wow, I moved one day that week and I pooped three times that week. That was uncomfortable. It's there. It's about you. You felt it. So it's going to resonate a lot more. And You actually experienced it, so it's kind of hard to deny. You can try – there's people that try to argue with statistics and try to argue with information. Fine. But when you actually lived it, you really can't argue with it. So it's going to be clear. Oh, wow. I hit my goals that week. I worked out three times. I had one recovery day. I did one extra workout. My mood was so high. I slept incredibly. My bowel movements were regular. You know, it's tough to argue with that, and it feels good, and it's nice to see. So those are continued motivating factors that'll – most likely lead to another dopamine release when you actually see that your hard work has other positive impacts. So my tip number four, suit up with the proper gear. Buy something fun, buy something pretty, whatever you find motivating. For me, there's this Fendi water bottle and Net-A-Porte, and I'm not going to sit here and say I bought it, but I'm not going to say that I'm against buying it. If that thing gets me motivated to be up on the West Side Highway walking with, it's like this really cute crossbody holder with like a metal water bottle and I'll sling it across instead of using my fanny pack. I mean, if I have that and that's motivating for me to get on the highway and bring that cute water bottle, it's worth every penny. If that keeps me going throughout the winter 
and moving and I like that gear, why not? If it's something else for you, get a sick-ass jacket, buy a new hat, get a nice pair of gloves, get a new pair of sneakers, whatever it is that's going to keep you motivated, do it. It's worth it. You'll thank me later. Lastly, this one's, this is a big one. My final tip, accountability. Accountability. So everyone hates this word. And I'll tell you why it's so important to turning winter into your bitch. First of all, 2018 study done at North Carolina State University. It focused on 704 people. They were enrolled in a 15-week online weight loss program. It found participants that had buddies or accountability buddies lost more weight and lost more inches around their waist than those who took the course without a support system or an accountability buddy. And more stats from actually 2019 stats from Strava, who I referenced earlier about the polar vortex statistics. People who ride bikes in a group tend to pedal twice the distance of those riding solo. And people who join a group fitness class reported 10% more activity one month later. And this is all because they were in a group or had a workout partner or in you know, experiencing the camaraderie. They weren't doing it solo is the point. Accountability matters. Having a buddy is helpful and it's motivating. You know, people push themselves. They don't want to be lagging down the group. They don't want to be the last to finish. Whatever your motivation is, doesn't matter. That's between you and yourself. But the point is people usually work out more and work a little harder when they actually have accountability. So if these stats don't clarify why you need accountability, that's fine. I'm about to make it really clear, and I encourage you to reflect on this as well, but this is my personal rant on accountability. I would say the biggest pieces of shit I've ever met in my life, I'm talking about normal people, not Kanye West from last week, normal people. What they've all had in common is a lack of accountability. This is a common theme amongst pieces of shit I've met everywhere. Trust me, I've done the research. I've met a ton of them. There's a reason people resist accountability. Accountability is holding up a mirror to yourself. And having to face your wishes, your dreams, your shortcomings, your flaws, even your failures. Did you do what you said you're going to do? If not, why? Were you scared? Were you lazy? Were you unmotivated? Are you weak? It's no wonder why people shy away from this. Accountability is absolutely necessary for real growth and leveling up as a human being. It takes balls to be accountable. And the people that can't do that live in denial and they stay stagnant. I see it all the fucking time. This stagnancy tends to slowly pour over and impact other aspects of your life, whether they have the ability to see it or not. My advice to you, and yes, it is unsolicited, but I have to say at least it's not your mom's unsolicited advice because as we all know, there's nothing worse than a mom's unsolicited advice. Holy shit, fucking kill me. Okay, the advice is don't be stagnant. Don't be afraid and don't resist this. Hold yourself accountable, hold up the mirror and level the fuck up because you can. This brings me to one of my favorite books of all time. It's called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. And he actually has a second book coming out, about to drop. It may have dropped by the time this episode airs. Um, but I just have to say, I don't know him. I He has no idea exists. He's never heard of me. Um, I randomly found this book years ago searching on Apple, um, you know, iBooks, looking for something. And I read the preview. I was like, whatever, sure, why not? I fucking love this guy. I, everything about it is helpful. This book, it, he's he considers himself the baddest ass motherfucker he knows, and he is. Um, it's motivating. It's inspiring. It will certainly help you not feel sorry for yourself. And David Goggins had everything in the world stacked against him, working against him in so many ways, and he just made everything happen for himself 
multiple times. It's I don't want to say it's a great story because it's really about his life and a lot of it is just it's depressing, it's eye-opening, it's humbling and it certainly puts things in perspective, but it's motivating. And I'll say it's you can't not be impressed by what he did and how he turned shit around for himself. And if you're not ready to commit to the book, I would say follow, look him up on Insta, read some of his posts, listen to him on podcasts. He's the best. I constantly turn to the book for motivation when I'm being a little bitch and need a nudge. I'll listen to a chapter or two. I have audiobook. And actually why I like the audiobook, it's not narrated by him, but he does come on every few chapters and he provides some insight into you know previous chapters. It's It's really interesting. So again, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. It's a great read. It's motivating. And even if you're not interested in setting the goals for winter, I would say commit to this book. That'll get you motivated. And if that doesn't get you motivated, I don't know what to say. You're a lost cause. I'm just kidding. We're all motivated by different things, but it's it's worth your time. Now I have some shit to talk. Different note, wellness aside. I want to talk about hot girl walks. This TikTok phenomenon that came to light, I don't know, like spring or summer. I'm not on the talk, so I'm not 100% sure. But for those of you who don't know, it's basically some girl came out with it. It's girls walking with their friends. They're moving. They're being healthy. I love the concept. It's a great idea. It's not necessarily a workout, but it's getting outside, being social, moving. It's great. It's positive. I have absolutely no problems with it. My problem is how people use the term. So just because a hot girl is walking doesn't mean it's a hot girl walk. Like I said, I think it's great. It's phenomenal even. That hot girl walk sort of thing and that girls are getting together, going out, being, you know, doing something healthy, getting outside. But here's my problem. I walk a lot. I walk daily. I take it seriously. I'm a minimum 12,000 steps per day person, 20,000 steps at least on Saturdays and Sundays. Like clockwork. I'm big on accountability. Numbers don't lie. Can't lie to yourself when you're looking at the number. So I like that. Anyone who knows me knows this is a huge part of my routine. West side Manhattan, I'm big on the West Side Highway. So when some new Joe Schmo I know, or start dating, asks me what I'm doing, because apparently these guys want to know everything you're doing every second, which I'm just not used to that. Going for a walk, whatever. They always jump to a hot girl walk. Oh, you're doing a hot girl walk. Liz is taking a hot girl walk. How's your hot girl walk? I take heart rate spiking all business walks. This is not like get outside, wear a full face of makeup. I have a lobster clip in my hair. I'm shaking an iced coffee around and looking pretty. I have on my game face, my all business outfit. I'm not looking to make friends, period. So I'm starting a new thing. It's called an all business walk, ABW. And here's what it looks like. My sneakers are laced. My game face is on. My heart rate is up. My fanny pack is clipped and don't even think about getting in my way because I will steamroll right over you without a second hesitation. I'm all business. I walk with intention and I walk with a goal. I can assure you the goal for me is not to look hot or be chatting with my friends. The goal is to be out of breath, maintaining my heart rate in that fat burning zone around 120 beats per minute and to get in my workout. Again, no knock on the hot girl walk, but I have to say, please use the term responsibly. I like to think I'm a hot girl. I'm an attractive girl going for a walk. It doesn't mean it's a hot girl walk. And I've taken them. I do them with friends. It's great. But I'm doing an all-business walk. So the next person I talk to that asks me what I'm doing and I tell them I'm going for a walk, if they say, oh, are you going for a hot girl walk, they're immediately just getting blocked. You're you're added to the block list. It's a non-negotiable. You heard it here. And even if they haven't heard it here, I don't care. I I just, I can't, I can't anymore with 
the assumption that it's a hot girl walk. It's not a hot girl walk. It's an all business walk. That's how I feel about things right now. That's it. I hope you have an amazing week. Happy fucking Monday. Go get, go print those calendars, go list out your goals, go pick the milestone dates, pick your end goal, break it down week by week and turn this winter into your goddamn bitch. Because I swear to God, mark my words here, winter is coming and you can't escape it. So you got to beast the shit out of it. And that's what I'll leave you with. Have an amazing week, people. 